draw us with your goodness. We just can't get enough of you, God. Can't get enough of you. Wow, God. Just draw us in. Draw us in. Will we not let one moment pass us by where you draw us to your heart, where you invite us in to go deeper? Will we catch those moments with you? Will we discover something fresh in your heart for us? Thank you, God. I just invite you to stay in that place with him. I just feel like he's drawing us into a deep place with us today he's inviting you in it's like you're on the horizon you're on that edge and he's inviting you to just tip over that edge and dive on in with him and so it goes deeper than you've been before yeah keep drawing us God keep drawing us yeah, give us boldness to go where you're calling us. Give us courage to take one more step. One more step. Hmm. You have so much for us. More than we could ever hope, dream or imagine you have for us. Draw us in, God. I just invite you to stay in that place. We're going to take up our offering as a part of our worship today. And God, I just thank you that you are our provider, that you give us everything we need, no matter how that looks, no matter what package it comes in, you are our provider. And we trust you with every provision we need. Let's pray breakthrough over people's finances right now in Jesus' name and we just call open and release the floodgates of heaven that every provision would be released to you in Jesus' name. How are we all? When I say we all, we few. <laughs> Tim and Deb are in Byron Bay with the Tribe Church today as it's their 20-year anniversary of their church. And Tim is speaking, I think, at their church. And they're just there to bless them because they're like our parent church to us. And they back us up and then they also slap us around when we need it. But we look to them for wisdom and guidance because they've been doing it for 20 years. And um, we just love them so much. We have a great relationship with them. And we just, it's going to take a moment to bless them. Is that okay? Everyone familiar with the tribe at Byron Bay? Phil and Maria Mason. So Phil and Maria also are the instigators, I guess, the birthed um, Christocentric light MBS, which is what we've been sharing about over the last few weeks. So they are the gurus of that. So let's just pray for the tribe and their 20-year anniversary. God, we just thank you so much for the tribe at Byron Bay, for all that they have sown into the kingdom, for the pioneering that they have done in leading the way in so many aspects into the MBS festival and into church planting and just sowing into the kingdom in worship and in spirit, bringing freedom to people. And we just bless them abundantly. As Tim and Deb are there right now, we just bless them abundantly. 
and we congratulate them and honour them on 20 years of doing kingdom together as a community and as a family. And may they just onwards and upwards, um, just another 20 years, another 20 years, another 20 years as it goes down the generations, God. And we just bless them abundantly and we just release every spiritual blessing to them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So also you have me today. I'm just going to stay here. It's pretty fun. We are going to have um, communion. And I did want to share a few things before we go into communion of what I felt God had for us today. Is that all right? I have some verses in my pocket that I wanted to share. Um, It is from the Passion Translation. So you may or may not be able to follow along. But we'll do our best. So we're starting in Galatians 5. from verse 1. I'm going to jump around a lot. I (laughs) apologise. I also have a movie clip that I'm going to share. So that's going to be fun too. I'm so excited about it. Okay, Galatians 5. Let me be clear. The anointed one, who's Jesus, has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. How good is that? Can I just say it again? Let me be clear, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. And so what that tells me is the bondage is the past. The freedom is the now. So hands up if you're free. Yeah. And where is your bondage right now? In the past. And are we in the past? No. Totally not. It's so good. So, so good down to verse 5 but the Holy Spirit convinces us that we have received by faith the glorious righteousness of the anointed one when you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing all that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love how good is that it's all brought to perfection by love Now in the NIV, the next verse says, it's kind of a familiar verse, but you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? You were running a really good race, but who cut in on you? And the passion says, before you were led astray, you were so faithful to Messiah. Why have you turned away from what is right and true? Who has deceived you? The one who enfolded you into his grace is not behind the false teaching that you've embraced. Not at all. Now when it says the false teaching, what it means is the law. It's referring to the law. So it's that old covenant. It's the past. Yeah? And where is the past? It's in the past. And where's our bondage? In the past. And where's the law? Good. So we're not 
having any of that. So when you start to step into some of that, you're just going back to that past, to that bondage, to that law. And that's not what it's about. And this verse hits the nail on the head. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? One more time. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? Is this just me? That you find yourself down some path and it's not a great one. You don't actually know how you got there, but you're there and you're wondering why the heck you're there. And then you talk to your friend about it or you get some ministry, something happens and it all comes back to one little lie that somewhere you believed, probably about yourself. And you believed it. And it got you down this path where you didn't want to be but you found yourself there anyway. And it all comes back to that one lie that you believed. Damn it. But it so easily happens and we so easily can get trapped by one little lie and you find yourself all of a sudden down this path that you never wanted to be down in the first place. And then God comes along and he just breaks that off your life. And you come back into alignment with him. He draws you back in and he sets you back on your feet in the place where you need to be, where he's got you. And off again you go. He's so kind. He's so good. And there's nothing he will not do to bring you to where he needs you to be, to fulfill your destiny, to be your amazing self, to be all that he created you to be, to change lives, to transform nations. That's who you are. That's what you're called to be. Now I have a clip from the movie Moana. It's one of my favorite clips. So we're going to watch the clip and then I'm going to finish off. Who's seen that movie before? This side of the room. Excellent. Who's never seen that movie before? It's a great movie if you want to watch it. It's a powerful, powerful scene where the island uh, called Tefiti. Yeah. Anyway, the guy, the dude who did the haka thing, um, he's like a demigod and he actually took that stone little heart from the island and gradually the island got all crusty and turned to lava and, and absolutely transformed into something she completely was not because of that missing heart that little piece of her was missing and to me it looked like she was afraid and she was very protective of anyone who came near her she'd throw those fireballs and and she actually had a change name, so they didn't call her Tafiti, they called her Takar. And so even her name was different, and her whole personality and persona was completely different. But on the inside, she was still Tafiti, whether she had the heart piece or not. And what Moana did in that scene, she called out who she was. She didn't look to the outside and saw the crusty and the lava and the fire and the anger and the fear that was going on in her, she called out 
who she was. She said, I've searched for you and I know your name. I know who you are. She called it out in her and she replaced that heart in her because she saw who she really was. And the other thing she said over her was, they have stolen the heart from you, but this does not define you. So whether you're walking in all that you're designed to be walking in or whether you're not, it doesn't define you. He defines you. God says who you are. You are who he says you are and not what anyone else says that you are, whether you're walking in it or not, whether your behavior says that you are or not. What it looks like on the outside doesn't matter. And like Tim said last week, so often we observe ourselves and we, I can't remember the word he used now, it's gone out of my head. Yeah, we look at ourselves and we, I guess, observe ourselves according to what we think. And so often that is apart from the voice of God. And we should never, ever observe ourselves apart from the voice of God because you are who he says you are. Because those, so often those lies, they just creep in and we believe them because they're close to the truth or they're close to what the truth used to be in that past where we're not anymore. It's that old self. So let me read from Galatians 5.16. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible, they are both incompatible. You can't have both. The two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Not just above it, soaring above it. Because the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. It's joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. They're limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. That's Jesus. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So all of that stuff, it says, it's been put to death. It was crucified with him. It's gone, it's done, it's finished. That self-life was put to death. And now we get the freedom. And what kind of freedom did we talk about at the beginning? 
not partially free, but completely and wonderfully free. Completely and wonderfully free. Let me also read from 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him. Who's all? We all. All. When they say when he says all, he means all. This means all died with him. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. So then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate. That is the word I was looking for. Evaluate. So then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, Jesus. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So we don't get to evaluate ourselves apart from the voice of God and we don't get to evaluate others apart from the voice of God, no matter what may look on the outside. Like that island who was full of lava and crunchy and dark and black and really angry. If you evaluated that island just from appearances, you'd probably come to a very different conclusion than if you evaluated that island based on who she really was on the inside. And that's what we're called to do with each other. We're to evaluate one another based on who God says they are. What are the prophecies over their life? What do you see in them that is good? What is the fruit that you're seeing that is good? What are you calling out over your friends? When you see them maybe even making some bad choices, some people do that. Not me, but some people, like every day. Some people make bad choices. When they make those bad choices, what are you calling out over them? It's got to be stuff like, that's not who you are. That's not what you're about. This is who you are. This is what's inside of you. You don't need to be doing that because you are this and you are that. And this is what you're called to. And this is who God says you are. And this is the word I heard over you a few weeks ago. And this is what I also heard over you a few weeks ago. And you're calling them up to who they are. The behavior takes care of itself. The fruit is a natural outworking. But we're to call each other up to who you really are on the inside because that's powerful the old stuff's gone it's dead it's been buried with Jesus and the only thing that rose from the dead was perfect love perfect love 
and that's powerful. So we are going to take communion together tonight because it's powerful. I think if sometimes we forget how powerful the authority of that cross and taking communion together is, so, so powerful, that blood of Jesus is all throughout the Bible. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus covers everything, fixes everything, and it actually does. Like it actually does. So, so good, so powerful. And the authority that we carry in his name, if only we knew it and used it and just grabbed hold of that with two hands, we'd see the world change. So we're going to grab hold of that today. And whatever you need for where you're at in your world, in your life, in your season, whatever's happening for you, we're going to bring that to the communion table. We're going to give it to Jesus. We're going to watch what he does with that. Is that okay? And as we come out of communion, what I'd love for each of us to do is to pick someone in the room and I'd like you to go and speak over them what you see on the inside of them. It may be a prophetic word that you're getting from God or it may be just some good fruit that you've seen in their life, either recently or in the past, whatever comes to you. But I want you to call out, out of them, the gold that you see in them about who they really are. Is that, is that okay? You're stunned my lips right now. You've got time. You've got all of communion. Like there's a lot of food. So you've got some time to pray about it, to ask God and just to think in your mind, okay, what's some good fruit that I've seen in our I-61 community? What have I seen from people that have been doing some amazing stuff and call it out in them. Build them up, encourage them, love on them and speak to who they are on the inside. Let me pray. Oh Jesus, you paid for everything. You paid for all of our stuff. And I thank you that it all was buried with you. As you died on that cross, you took it all upon yourself. It's all dead and buried and in the past. And now we are totally and wonderfully free because of you. You paid for it all. And there is such power in the blood that you shed on that cross. And would you teach us more and more how to use that power for your glory, how to set captives free with the blood that you paid for on that cross. And I thank you for every single person in this room and as part of our church family, wherever they may be today. I thank you that every single person has an amazing call of God on their life, that they are beautifully and wonderfully made in your image. That they are the apple of your eye and that you made them exactly the way that you wanted them to be. And we just call out the gold in every single person right now the gold would come to the forefront and that good fruit would start to show in their life and people would just start to go hey what is that about you 
I want some of that. What is that? Let us be contagious in the way we live for you, in our outrageous love that we give away. Thank you for what you're doing in every single person, God. Thank you that it's so good. And thank you that what you have for us is more than we could ever hope, dream or imagine. Because you are that good, God. You are that good. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.